defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Supercoach Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. With me today is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you going? Pretty good, mate. Bit devo about Ash Barty getting done in the semi-final there of the Open, but all the better that we get to chat some Supercoach. Absolutely, mate. There was the uh, the Nadal and Barty double within within a night. It's a bit devastating, but we're talking about Supercoach here, so let's get on to that. Just want to say a quick thank you to everyone. Uh, we, we launched the Supercoach Playbook website last week. The support's been enormous for the podcast, uh, for all the content on the site. Uh, the Supercoach community is outstanding. I, I knew it already, but after last week, I've, I've really appreciated it, so thanks for all that. Uh, we've listened to your feedback. The podcast is now on Spotify. It's also on Apple iTunes. Just look for SC Playbook, and it'll be on there somewhere. Uh, as far as the website goes, that's coming along really well. We've got stacks of articles. We've got Jared Croker's team revealed tomorrow morning coming up, or tomorrow afternoon. Um, I've done a big uh, goal kicker's yarn with who's expected to kick at every club and the depth of every club on there at the moment. Um, the 2019 runner-up and winner, Walson Carlos, Des Creek, they've got some content on there, as does the Spy. So plenty on there to see, so jump on and have a look. Um, and then... Uh, just a quick thank you again shout out to nrlsupercoachstats.com.au who provide us with all our numbers they're absolutely outstanding all right let's get into it spy we're going to start with the news mill there's been a heap happening this last couple of weeks with a lot of supercoach relevance the first one which is major ramifications is phoenix crossland is pushing for a round one return it sounds like the k-man kurt man has the front runner spot in the halves alongside Mitchell Pearce. Uh, also, Mason Leno's pushing for it, which is massive for Caelan Ponger and kicking duties. But as it stands, uh, Barry Two's reporting out of the Newcastle Herald, I think it is, Kurt Mann is front-runner to partner Mitch Pearce. What are your thoughts on this, Spy? Firstly, Kurt Mann's one of my boys. I absolutely love him. I do have a few boys, you'll come to note, but he's uh, just one of those guys I love he's just a, a scrapper a battler he's pretty talented he's had some tough games in first grade but he's also had some crackers but if we have a look at Supercoach numbers if you bounce back to when he started often between 2014 and 2017 he actually averaged between 40 and 50 consistently for those three years so look if he doesn't have that starting spot at the price he's at available in the centres which is always the toughest spot to pick I absolutely hate it it's tough work. Maybe someone you look at locking in. He loves an attacking stat. He gets heavily involved as much as he can outside Pierce, and it might be someone that's worth looking at. I actually currently have him in my little my side at the moment anyway. So what are your thoughts? He's about 280k. Yeah, he's about 280k, which is very cheap, especially with the salary cap rises and price rises this year. I'm definitely not saying he's going to start in my team, but he's just a placeholder at the moment, and he could end up in there. I don't know, but I think he's got some talent. My main concern would obviously be you've got Crossland there, who could come in at any stage, even if it's around three or four, and you've also got Mason Lino as well. So, look, at the end of the day, I'm probably not going to start with him, but he's something, someone worth keeping an eye on, I think. Right, well, I've just locked you in for a little bit of content for us. We'll get you to a player profile on Kurt Mann because I'm really interested in a massive breakdown of his numbers in each position and how he goes when he plays 80 minutes in the halves. Absolutely. So we'll take a look at that. Um, chatted on it, but 
cheapies are dropping like flies at the moment. Phoenix Crossland was one we all had penciled in for round one. Look, he's still possibly a gamble, but he's, he's come back from a pretty... I uh, wouldn't say a serious off-season injury, but a, a niggling injury that they're they're treating very carefully. Um, so that's a bit a bit questionable at the moment, um, and that's a bit about it there. Uh, the other massive one with huge supercoach ramifications: <laughs> the supposed loan deal between the Storm and Tigers with Momorowski set to do a, a one-year loan with Harry Grant, the Queensland Cup Player of the Year, that's currently at the Storm. That'd be enormous because Grant goes to the Tigers, well, I mean, probably locks in at number nine because Adam Reynolds is gone now. I think they're very hesitant to play Moses Mbai there. I don't think they want to. Um, you know, Momorowski slots down to the storm where he could get a start in the centres. There, there's opportunity there. Um, what are your thoughts on all that? There's, there's so many ramifications. It's a big one, first of all. Good to see an EPL, English Premier League-style loan deal happening in the NRL. It's good for clubs. It's good for players. If both sides can get a start and both players can get a start, that's so good to see. But for Supercoach purposes, if you have a look at Grant, he's a rookie hooker available at cheap price starting in the NRL. If that happens, you'd have to take a very long, hard look at him. The question mark you get is, do you have a look at him or do you have a look at Blake Bailey? because you can't really afford to probably start with two rookie hookers, so you've got to decide which one you'd like to do. Braley has pretty good numbers in limited minutes last year. If you average it out to 80 minutes, he looks at like averaging 44, 45, which is pretty good at that price. You've also got Appy Corusau in there, who could be outstanding value. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I mean, that, that's one thing there, and we'll get to hookers a little bit more later. We are going to analyse the halfbacks and the hookers today, so plenty to get through. Um, you've got, excuse me for my pronunciation, but Talao at the Tigers, the, the boom rookie centre who there's all this hype about. We saw a little bit of him last year. He's 208k, so with Momorowski gone, that hopefully opens up a spot for him. Um, but again, at the same time, are we seeing Grant go to hooker? Are we seeing Mbai at centre now? We'll have to wait and see. And again, this loan isn't official as of yet, but it is believed to be happening. Um, you've now got Joey Leilua at the Tigers at centre. Um, another one that I've had my eye on is Brenko Lee to Melbourne, which really surprised me because I didn't think he'd fit in Craig Bellamy's structure there. With they're just you know they're just mechanic, they're robotic. Brenko Lee is none of those things. But look, maybe he's looking at Brenko saying he's got this attacking spark that can get us across the line, which they've struggled to do come late September the last two years. So quick look into Brenko, average fifty-seven points per game in twenty seventeen. Average 53 in 2018. He's currently priced at 309k, which is a bargain, potentially, if he starts at centre for one of the best teams in the competition. Uh, he averaged 37 points in 53 minutes last year at the Titans. In these three seasons, it was he was at the Titans, he was at, at the Dogs, so teams that could not put a point on the board to save themselves. Uh, and he's in competition for the centres, as far as I can work out, with Momorowski, Justin Olam, and Marion Sevy. So... As far as I'm concerned, he's the most talented footballer there. It's whether or not Bellyate can sort out his disciplinary issues, his brain explosions, but if there's one man that can do it, it is Belly. Yeah, he's almost the, the BJ Leilua mould. He does have unbelievable attacking instincts and points galore if he can get a start, so definitely worth a look. I didn't realise he was that cheap, obviously based on last year's minutes, so... Keep an eye out, guys, because his output could be outstanding if he gets the start of the storm. Yeah, another one which was really interesting. A guy a guy that Walsh and Carlos, the runner-up from last year, had his eye on was Connor Watson, who was 
rumoured to be playing lock this year or, or had been training at lock, should I say. Um, Walson loves him. Seven, so do I, to be honest. Seven games at hooker to end the year last year, and he averaged 73.4 points per game, which is just stunning. Um, he's around about 500k off the top of my head. I don't have it here. You know, you throw him at lock in that mould of a of a Brandon Smith, a Cam Murray, a Victor Radley, a little bit more ball playing. He'd have more runs than he did at hooker. He'd probably make a similar amount of tackles. Even if he could get to sort of 60, 65 minutes, uh, he could be a serious buy. The issue is the reports are that he won't be playing lock. Um, I don't know where they're going to play him. I suppose they'll look at him as that utility role again because... The word is he's not playing 5-8, um, whether or not he plays a bit of time at hooker, but they've got Jaden Braley now, so he looks set for that 14 again. So we'll wipe him off the radar for now, unless we find out that he's playing at lock. Um, Curtis Spot, Scott has a looming suspension at the Raiders. He was a guy I was kind of looking at a little bit as a pod, a bit awkwardly priced, a bit over 400k. But the ramifications there for me are Nick Kotrick, who I really had my eye on. Um, really cheap is Kotrick's only about it was about 360 380k Um, so Kotrick now assuming Scott gets a suspension of sorts that is only allegations at the moment so we'll wait and see but Scott drops out Kotrick will go to centre Michael Oldfield onto the wing just a quick one on Kotrick in 2018 he had average 48 points per game with 12 tries and 22 line breaks average 50 in 2017 Last year, impacted by our games at centre, but only four tries and ten line breaks. The kid is a star. So I'm, you know, say Scott does play around one, I'm really eyeing off Curtis, uh, Nick Kotrick. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Nick's a funny one. He he needs to get ball, obviously, to deliver. He played a lot of centres last year through the middle of the middle of the year. As you said, eight starts. He averaged 44 in those eight starts, but if he can up his ball carries, his tackle busting is phenomenal. He'll break the line and he's a seriously talented footballer. Very hard to bring down. Haven't had a big, big look into him yet, but he's certainly on the radar as someone in that centre position. The big one for me is, I touched on it, but four tries last year. If he does play on the wing all year, I I would put the house that I don't own on it that he scores more than four tries and ups that significantly. Anyway, we'll pass on that one for now. Um, Adam Dwayhe sounds like he's locked in to go to the Tigers. 343k, not overly appealing, but the issue here that could bring him into Supercoach relevance is the goal kicking. He only had a handful of goal kicks last year at the Rabbitohs behind Adam Reynolds. Averaged 37 points per game. It was in an 80-minute role, so unfortunately it's not increased minutes for him if he does move over. But if he's kicking goals... What, you can add maybe 12 to 13 onto that. Then again, it is the Tigers who don't really score points. Yeah, two to four for the Tigers. <laughs> yeah. But if you can add 12 points onto that, you know, he's pushing 50. He's, he's an awkward mid-ranger with plenty of talent. Any interest there? Look, put simply, probably not. He's at that awkward price. Um, I really like Dewey as a player, however you pronounce it. And um, he's very talented. I've seen him playing in the halves before. He looked very good. Can he play fullback for full season? There's a lot of questions to be asked there. Will he get the goal kicking? We probably won't even know until the game started. So I think I'd probably steer clear. How's the Tigers attack going to look? I'm not sure. Sorry, Tigers fans. It's been a tough few years, obviously, and I hope they come good this year, maybe on the back of a BJ Leilua resurgence. But at this stage, I think I'm a steer clear on Adam Dewey. Yeah, I'm a bit the same at that awkward price. Uh, the other one there is 
Andrew Fafita looking like he could miss the All-Stars game after having a knee clean out just before Christmas. I saw that one today. Um, this is an issue because Fafita's a guy I really want in my team. I think he'll start as a pod, but that was based on a full preseason of fitness and being healthy and ready to go. We saw what it did to him last year in his limited minutes under John Morris there. So if there's any issue lingering over his injury going into the season, which obviously there is, I, I'm willing to put a line through him. Yeah, they've got a young pack too, full of some pretty good players. So it is risky. Man, though, if he can start and play even reasonable minutes, he's going to be unbelievable. So look, keep an eye on it. Maybe if you can watch a preseason game, we'll see how he's looking. Someone to look at. But, I mean, there's risk in everyone in Supercoach most of the time, but... I think that's one just to have a look at close to the season. I haven't written him off just yet, but I am wary of last year. Yeah. Okay, let's delve into the halfbacks. A, a relatively tough position. There's not a stack of depth there this year, but the top few are pretty hard to separate, particularly with Nathan Cleary being that sort of 50-60k priced, more expensive to the next best. Which two are you looking at at the moment, Spy? Uh, who have you got? I know you did a massive preview on them for draft. Worth a read on the website. Um, who have you got? For classic and overall, this is. Yeah, so for overall classic mode, um, it's an interesting one because it really comes down to what happens with Phoenix Crossland. I've got him in there as a rookie at the moment with whoever starts for Penrith with Jerome Luai and the other young fella. Assume Luau starts. I've got Jerome Luau and Crossland as my backup halves with Nathan Cleary and George Williams. I'll stop you quickly. If Crossland, say, due to return in round one through New South Wales Cup... Kurt Mann at 5'8". Do you bite the bullet and pick him anyway? The reason I'm not necessarily going to say yes is because in a side I did up at lunchtime just having a look at my options, Kyle Flanagan can come in at a pretty good price and he's he's a very good player in a Roosters lineup. He averaged mid-50s, I believe it was, last year um, and he starts for Cronulla. If he can goal kick for the Roosters in that side... I really want to have a look at Kyle Flanagan, so it might be that Crossland doesn't make it in there. I think it would be very ballsy of me not to start with George Williams, so I might have an, end up having Kyle and George in there. Yeah, with um, Flano, I like where you're going with it, and he's a huge pod, but just awkwardly priced for me. What is he? He's about 470-odd? 460K. 461 he is. And I just... I mean, in a side that's going to be... The attack's going to come off Luke Keary predominantly. I think he's such an awkward price, but I do like that you're interested in him. Yeah, I like that you disagree as well because it's one of those ones you look at and the thing is he's not top dollar as well, so if he can excel at the Roosters, my thoughts are that he's going to kick plenty of goals as long as he's striking them well, them well and with that sort of pressure off him, he might be able to run the footy more, potentially score some tries, put in some yeah. outside backs, well, kick well, but it's a risk and I'm not saying I'm doing it yet, but at the moment he's in. I think off the top of my head, he averaged 50 last year, and then he had a game, a 22-minute game off the bench or something. Take that out, and he averaged 55. Um, going to a superior side, so yeah, keep an eye on him. Um, you're very, very keen on Nathan Cleary. Cleary is just, he's absolutely, he's just class for mine, especially in super coach purposes. Some people write him off in real footy. I don't. I think he's really, really good, but from a super coach point of view he does absolutely everything and one of the real upsides of Cleary is he literally never misses a goal the bloke 
just nails them from everywhere. So you don't have to worry if they score in the corner. One of the things I love about owning Cleary is you'll sit there and he might be just 20 minutes into a game, a little bit of a slow start, then all of a sudden he'll have a couple of offloads, kick a couple of goals, and within minutes he's grabbed 16 just from offloads and conversions before doing anything, doing anything else. But more or less, without Maloney this year, there is a big write-up I did on the site with some numbers without Maloney and what Cleary does well. One of the other things is repeat sets. He takes a lot of fifth tackle options with Maloney out of the side, who used to control that aspect of the game last year, and that's points galore for Nathan. Now, he does have a tough opening run, which may scare a few people off, but the fact you can save a trade and just lock him in up to at least origin, I think you've just probably got to do it. And for me, clear is just a yes, put him in. Yeah, just just a couple of quick points. I agree with most of it. Um, I mean, last time we played without Jimmy Maloney was 2017. He was a 20-year-old and he averaged 70 in Supercoach, which is outrageous for a young half. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, it's Jerome Luau coming in who, who's not going to steal the fifth tackle options off him, is he? It's not like yeah. a Brodie Croft at Brisbane who's coming in with Milf who, who will control the game and probably get a lot of touches. Um, it'll be it'll be the Nathan Cleary show. We know that. Yeah, Luau will just run off, off the back of Cleary. Yeah, he... The issue for me is, and I had him locked into my round one team, but I'm going a little bit cold, and that is because he starts the year against the Roosters, Dragons, Storm, Broncos, and Raiders. Like That is a seriously tough run based on what we saw from the sides last year and what we're expecting this year. I'm one of these super coaches who looks into runs, and I put a lot of impetus onto it. A lot of people say you can read into the run games fixtures a little bit too much but I myself do it a little bit too much probably um that for me is a worry and I'll get to it in a minute as to why with Mitch Moses good little segue there Mitchy Moses the next guy I'm looking at who starts the year against the dogs titans cowboys dragons tigers dogs again he doesn't play a top eight side from last year until round seven which is like comparing that to Cleary's run at a discount of 50k, tempting. It's very tempting, and I did have a look at that. Mitchie Moses is is getting better and better, it seems. Um, with that opening run, I would not begrudge anyone in locking him in. Obviously, just be aware you're probably going to have to use a trade down the line, but if you went with an option of maybe starting with Mitch and you could even look at getting in Cleary around the origin period. And if he plays origin, just get him in after. Certainly nothing wrong with that because Mitch could absolutely explode. The thing with Mitch, though, you know, we spoke about last year how he broke this roller coaster mode that he'd been for his whole Supercoach career, his whole NRL career. He still had 10 games under 50 last year, which isn't horrendous by any means, but, I mean, still not great looking at a consistent halfback. He had six games under 40 points which is quite a few. Eels scored the third most points in the competition last year, which I think people overlook a little bit. Can they match that this year? And can Mitch uh, uh, have the same attacking output as he did last year? You'd question it, but at the same time, I think Parramatta have a stronger side than last year. I think they'll gel better. Mitchie and Dylan Brown's combination will come along a lot more than it was last year. So it's a tough one. I mean, do you go with the easy run or do you go with the the tested and the consistent Nathan Cleary. I'm, I'm 50-50 at the moment. I would say one thing, and I learnt my lesson here last year, looking into runs early is okay, 
but every side in the NRL comes out fired up. They all know how to play footy. A lot of those runs you look at and bank on happen middle to the end of the year when sides have started to fold, injuries have hit. Everyone's fresh to start the year, and for mine, don't look into it too much. As I said, don't not pick Mitch Moses on that fact because he's very good and his run is softer than, say, Nathan Cleary, but it's just, just one of those things I want to add that defences are pretty strong to start the year. Yeah, good shout. Uh, the enigma that is Sean Johnson, where two self-confessed fans of the man here. Uh, the Spy is a massive fan. Love you, Sean. 585k. He's a massive watch in the Auckland Nines for me because the more I look into halfbacks, the more I want Sean Johnson. I know he's had two down years by his standards of 63 and 64, and the injuries are a little bit of concern. He recently came out and said his body was too weak in 2019 for the NRL. Uh, he's, he said he's been... He played the Test Series at the end of last year. A week after that New Zealand's last game, he was back at training with Cronulla, well, in Sydney, wherever he was, um, completely focused on getting his body right. If he comes out, runs the ball, looks sharp in the nines, gets through it injury-free, boy, I'm tempted. It doesn't take much to lure the spy back into a Sean Johnson <laughs> selection because I love the man. Um and as soon as I saw that headline, I thought, hmm, here we go. Shawnee's on. He was absolutely below par last year in terms of physical shape. He got hurt a lot. He carried a lot. But in saying that, he still averaged 80-plus for the last five or six weeks mm. after getting an absolute rev up from the coach down at, I can't remember where it was, we got bench late in the game, and he came back and blitzed it, yeah. including nearly hitting a ton against Melbourne the week after. And, oh, I Sean Johnson. I, yeah. I want to I want to sit on this for a bit, let the emotions settle, but he could be someone to, to get on and hope he just absolutely kills you it. You heard it here first. The spy will start with SJ and his team because there'll be an article in coming weeks that SJ's training the house down, that he's got the lowest skin folds of his career. And as I said, he's an easily tempted man. So Was that his hemis feeling good? He's Captain him. <laughs> Captain him. <laughs> um, Daily Cherry Evans... <clears throat> Another one that pricks the interest, 576k, so a little bit of a discount on SJ and Moses. He's averaged 62 points per game the last three seasons, and that right there is the issue for me because he's been playing some outstanding football, and that still seems to be his peak. Uh, like He's fairly consistent, but I mean, it looks as though Ruben Garrick will probably be kicking goals come round one based on the fact that he had them in the back end of last year when they had a preference. I think Garrick definitely kicks. He looked very comfortable so doing it last DC year. So DC kicked at 80% last year. Garrick was 76. But obviously they've got chosen Garrick. They probably see a lot of development in Garrick as a kicker. Um, he's, he handled the pressure and he can only get better. So take out the 21 goals he had last year. I mean, mainly... Are Manly a side on the up, or are they on the demise a little bit? They finished, what, fifth or sixth last year? Yeah, probably evens in attack, but just also remember that Tommy T didn't play a lot of the year, so that's True. where your point increase comes for a side. For a side, but is it less of a point increase for DCE <coughs> because Tommy gets a lot more ball? They had. I actually think they link up pretty well yeah. as a combination. That might be something we can look into before the season starts. Games they've played together, what did Cherry average? And, and get back to the listeners. Do you have any interest in DCE? I have very, very strong opinions on Cherry to start this year, and it's two letters, <coughs> N-O. His, his first four weeks are Melbourne, Roosters, and Canberra in three of the first four weeks. Yeah. You just can't start with it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. We talk, I just spoke about runs and defences being good, but when it's those three guys, you just don't want to do it for more. Yeah, best case scenario, maybe stay away for that tough run. Um, Garrick hits him poorly the first few weeks. 
pick up two to discount around four or five. I mean, I know there's origin and whatnot, but yeah. who knows? Picks up the goal kicking under 500k. You'll you know, know how he's looking. You'll know how Manly are looking four or five weeks in. And yeah, it could be something to jump on, but just don't start with him, guys. That's my tip of the day. Yeah. Uh, let's touch on George Williams. I did a, a big piece on him uh, on the SC Playbook website. Really interesting one. We've... We've seen a lot of Englishmen come over and star in the NRL. They've all been forwards, basically, at least in recent years, the last sort of decade, two decades. Backs have had not had so much success. We've seen the likes of Zach Hardacre come over as a man of steel. Uh, Sam Tompkins was a man of steel. Tompkins had some okay games, a decent year, but nothing great. Hardacre couldn't crack first grade at Penrith. Um, George Williams, who was behind Jackson Hastings in the English setup at the end of the year, why would George be any different? <clears throat> However, talking from a purely pure supercoach perspective, and don't get the wrong idea about this, we're not going to say he's going to come over and average these numbers, but I did convert his numbers from the English Super League to NRL Supercoach. He would have averaged 74.8 points per game. He's currently priced at $333,000, which is priced on based on a 36 points per game average, which is very low. The point about the 74.8 point average is not that you'll get anywhere near that because he won't, especially he was playing the gun Wigan side, more that he has a super coach friendly game. So he scored 14 tries last year, had 21 try assists, 122 tackle breaks, which is huge. He's a ball running half, uh, 18 line breaks and 46 offloads. So he ticks every box as a super coach player. I like offloads in a half as well because you don't have to be dominant and break the line to offload. Yeah. You just need to ask a question. Cleary does it a lot and just pop one out the back and it's easy points. Yeah, so he's coming into a red-hot Raiders side who who many are tipping for the comp this year. They've got a probably minor improvement this year. If George does come with his reputation and hit his straps, they could be anything. And if he does, he only has to bump that average up to sort of 45, 50 and he's still going to make 100 to 120K with the upside of, all right, well, if he does hit his straps and average 55-60, you've got a guy who's pushing to be a keeper. So I'll be starting with George Williams. I won't be full of confidence. I won't necessarily play him every week, which I know is a questionable at the price, but is he in your team or not? Pending Kyle Flanagan, he is. Um, he's one of those ones that English factor scares me off just a little bit. When Zach Harder came... Hardacre came over, he was absolutely woeful. The boat could hardly make a tackle, and he'd come over as one of the best players from England. Now, I don't think George is going to struggle in that way, but it's just that adapting to the game, how much footy he'll get, style of play. The Raiders are pretty conservative, especially last year. They went to that new style of footy. They played to their structures and patterns. But as you said, I think it's a pretty safe selection in terms of the worst case scenario is he should average okay, score you some points. I can't see him losing a heap of cash. You just hope he makes your money and with the upside of that sort of keeper type territory. um, Yeah, I'd say I'll be starting with him, mate. Yeah, and the last one we'll touch on in the halves. We've already touched on him a little bit too honest, but Jerome Luau, 257k, uh, averaged 26 points per game last season in 38 minutes per game average. Um, A 40-point average, which... Again, another guy with a pretty super coach friendly game. He'll be taking a back seat to Cleary, but he runs, he busts tackles, he offloads, all that sort of stuff. So a 40-point average would see about 120k rise. With cheapies falling by the day, are we just locking in Luau at that price? I definitely am. His numbers were even better the year before. And super coach friendly game, easy cash, 
just sit him as a reserve probably as well because he's not going to let you down too badly, I'd imagine, and just get him in because he actually could be even better than you think if he plays some good footy. Yeah, okay, on to hookers. We'll talk quickly about Damien Cook, but... Uh, yeah, we've lo- we've both locked him in. I think it's insanity not to lock him in. Just get him in. The spy, the spy didn't start with Cook last year, and I I hammered him for weeks and weeks on end about it. And I'm like, when did you eventually get him into your team? Oh. I'm not trying to kill your reputation here, but I know I went a little bit of an anti pod um, <laughs> and tried to go against Cook. He had a huge year the year before. He was very expensive. I was sitting there going, maybe you'll lose a bit of cash. I'll pick him up cheap. I think just before I was going to do that, he busted out three tonnes in a row. <laughs> yeah. But I've learned that lesson. He's he's one of those guys, you just get him in. He's averaged, I think it's 76 and 78 the last two years. Just get him in. Yeah. Five tonnes last year with 149 <coughs> top score. Uh, scored under 50 just once. Um, Blake Braley, again, we've already sort of touched on him, so I'll, I'll get through him quickly. $201,000. Averaged 22 points last year in 30 minutes per game. Had a points per minute of 0.73, so promising enough. He had one 80-minute game for 37 points, which is a bit questionable. But what it does do is show that he can play 80 minutes. does help. That's a very good point. If he could play upwards of 60 to 70, 75, that would be enormous. Yeah. But I think... I think he's the best cheapie. I think you get him yeah. in as well. And the, the only small issue that is worrying a lot of super coaches early on is Cameron King coming back from the UK. We, we know Cam King from the Parramatta Eels. <clears throat> so King, he's not a huge issue for me. So he's come from the Featherstone Rovers, who were playing in the championship last year. We've seen particularly playmakers from the NRL Aussies go over and just destroy it over there, a la Jackson Hastings. I know he's not a playmaking hooker, but you know he was playing reserve grade over there. Brayley looks the goods. <clears throat> Jaden Brayley was was is should I say more of a defensive hooker? Will work his bum off, play big minutes, that sort of role. Um, Blake Brayley more of a runner, which is what we want for super coach. More a lot higher chance of attacking stats. Um, let's just lock Blake Brayley in for now. The only reason you might not is if Harry Grant was to get a starting hooker role at Melbourne which we'll have a look at, should that eventuate. Um, at Tigers, but yeah. <laughs> at Tigers, I was close. <laughs> We're getting through a lot. It's here. easy to mix them up, <clears throat> Tigers and Melbourne. Um, another one I'm just going to touch on quickly, unless you want to expand, but, and this is because Walson Carlos, the runner-up last year, likes Brandon <clears throat> Smith. So last year, he averaged 46 points per game in 42 minutes per game. He's just biding his time behind Cam Smith, isn't he? Because he's going to be... He already is an NRL weapon. He's such a good player. He's played test football. He scored a hat-trick in a test match last year. He's an absolute gun. And then he's got Dale Finucane at lock, who plays big minutes there. It's like, at what point does Bellier just say, I need you on the field for a longer time because you're a weapon? It's just so hard to bust into that side, isn't it? It's hard, and that's the only risk from supercoach purposes is where do the minutes come from? We know how good he is, but does he get those minutes? I'm just not sure he does. People are saying... Talking about these rumours of Cam Smith to half back at stages during games this year. Uh, maybe he comes on a hooker there. It just makes absolutely no sense to me why that would happen. Why you'd shuffle your halves. Why you'd take the greatest hooker of all time out of his preferred position. It is just ludicrous. So I really can't see it happening. Smith himself poured cold water on that. So, uh, yeah, but, I can't see it happening. But anymore. Smith is a massive watch. If Smith Cameron Smith was to ever go down injured... For an extended period, where we get him in immediately. Uh, Cam McInnes thoughts: dual position this year, back row hooker. 
He's just rock solid. He, um, he makes a million tackles. He's one of the best defenders I've ever seen for a little dude. I just love him. He makes a million tackles. His running game's getting better. He averaged very well last year. Look, I probably don't have room for him, to be honest. But, look, he's someone I watch close to the season. But I think I probably won't be able to fit him in, fit him in but I don't begrudge anyone that, that wants him playing for him. Your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, well, the back row, dual back row is handy. Uh, being dual in the back row, second row is probably the most stat position in the game outside of fullback. There's so many good options there. He's just boring for me. Some people like boring. They want <laughs> their scores ticking over. But he had one ton last year. We'll segue into Cameron Smith, who had six tons for the year. He had five tons in his last nine rounds of the competition. He's 684k, so it cost you pretty well top dollar. Scored the most points of anyone last year. Are you thinking about Cameron Smith? I definitely am. Um, look, to regain a bit of credibility, I did start with Smith last year instead of Cook, so it wasn't all bad because he was outstanding. Um, get get Cook in there, guys. Just get Cook <laughs> in. Um, he's one of those things, does Father Time slow him down at all? He's a bit like Roger Federer. He just keeps on going. Does anything stop the bloke? And... One of the things is he can take more control of proceedings if Melbourne need points. He, he'll start kicking more. He diverted to Croft and Munster a lot in the last couple of years. But if he decides he needs to take over, you bring in repeat sets, try assists from kicks, those sort of things. And we already know the base stats, base stats add up. You you couldn't go far wrong if you went Cook and Smith, if you've got cheapies elsewhere. elsewhere sorry. Yeah, uh, and that's it. Uh, the issue is that... We keep going on about this lack of cheapies, and they might emerge throughout the preseason, but it's not looking great at the moment. We had a stack of them last year. Um, you know, everyone's got Cook. We've locked him in. By starting with him, it means you're not throwing in a Braley or a potentially a Harry Grant, and you just easy money. Yeah, just easy money. So there's the issue. If cheapies do emerge and Smiths at a semi-low ownership. Uh, I'll be very tempted. Definitely tempting. I think he probably won't end up in my starting side just for those reasons, and you maybe hope that Father Time does catch up a little bit and maybe he just drops three or four on average, loses some cash, and maybe you can get him for origin, yep. for cook, something like that. But, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. Jazz Tavanga went on an absolute tear last year. Jazzy. Back end of the year. Got bigger minutes, a few hooking issues there. So he played hooker for a while, played some big minutes at lock. Uh, he's coming back from an ankle injury, not back to round four or five, so unfortunately we can put a line through him. Um, any interest in Josh Hodgson? There always is. Not for me. What are your thoughts? Definitely not. Um, he does some outstanding stuff in terms of real rugby league, but super coach wise he, I don't think he's got a very good base. Um, he's inconsistent in attacking stats. He has his days out. In other days, he won't do anything. I think it's just to steer clear, especially with the amount of hookers we've got this year. Yeah, so he, and you touched it, you nailed it there. It's the base per game. So he averaged 36 base stats per game last year, which for anyone who's not sure out there, that's the points you accumulate in tackles and runs minus missed tackles. Um, 36 solid in theory, but then guys like Damian Cook and Cameron Smith, Cameron McInnes, have like 10 to 15 base points per game more. This means you're basically locking in 50 points from the other guys without anything being added, whereas if Hodgson doesn't do anything, you might end up with 30, 35, and I just don't think you can do that as a starting hooker. And we've seen how elite Hodgson's been in the NRL the last few years. You can't get too much better than what he's done, really. I mean, he's peaked as far as I'm concerned, and he can match it, and I hope he does, and I think he will, but I just can't see him going any higher. So line through him, 
touch on it really quickly, but just the hooking situation. I did a, a squad analysis of the Roosters for the side a couple of days ago, put a 17 together, trying to work out what the Roosters are going to do with Verrills and Friend. I just don't know. So Friend came back from injury for the grand final last year off the bench. Verrills started. Obviously, Friend's the preference to start when he's fit. Um, but, you know, there's talks of do they do they pass the baton on and just start Verrills? I don't see it happening. I think Friend will start. Whether or not that's an 80-minute role, again, I don't know. Thoughts? I could almost definitely say that Friend is not playing 80 minutes. Verrills is an absolute gun. He's a young kid on the up. It wouldn't even it wouldn't even shock me if he starts the year. Obviously, you've got the warrior in Jake Friend. He'll get the respect. He'll probably get the start. But I think you just got to steer clear of Friend because Verrills is a very good player and he's going to be stealing minutes. I'll tell you one thing: if either of them get injured and they go, the other goes to an eighty-minute role, they're going to be a serious buy. If it was to happen around round seven or eight, even a little bit earlier, which will probably happen because it's Jake Friend. <laughs> yeah. The other person is going to be a serious buy as an upgrade for a break Brayley or. A Potentially a Harry Grant. Um, one that's piqued my interest a little bit is Reese Robson up at the Cowboys, and it's again it's a it's a similar one with the the rotation there. They've got the veteran Jake Greenville, who I know him and Paul Green have got a really close relationship. But Reese Robson, the raps up one, well, the raps on him are very good. But we've seen a bit of him. He played seven games last year. He averaged forty eight minutes per game, forty three points per game and scores at 0.9 per minute, which That's is nuts. outrageous numbers. <laughs> so get this. Had, he had one 80-minute game last year at the very end of the season, scored 55 points. Mm, seems okay. It was all base stats. Yeah, this is for a rookie solid. hooker. It's very, very solid. So if he can potentially get that starting hook roll to himself, it wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, he could be looking at, you know, easily a 60-plus average this is a guy who's priced at 363k. Is he on your radar? He is now. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a, a bit of a look through hookers and I was a little bit set on Cook and Braley to start, but look, I'll have to have more of a look into things. But that's some good numbers for a young guy on the fast tracks of Townsville, so that's a watch and a half. I'll, yeah. to, I'll get back to you in, a, in the coming weeks, Timo. Yeah. And the last one in the hooking ranks, quickly, another one caught the attention of Walson Carlos. Get on and check out his stuff because he... Walson is a very good football mind. As I said, he came second last year in Supercoach. I think the year before he was like maybe two or three hundredth or something. Uh, weapon, really good footballer himself back in the day. Um, really likes Appy Corusiao. He's banking him to get decent minutes at Penrith this year. He's 338k. He scored an average of 0.82 points per minute over the last three years. The issue is, I mean, we have to wait to round one teams to see uh, what where players are named there. Namely, if Mitch Kenny's on the bench, how do you see that unfolding? Kenny's a very good player, and Penrith are always stacked with young talent, so that's a little bit of a concern with Appy. But if you look back even a couple of years ago, he averaged 56 and 58 for Manly in more minutes before Fainu came along. Look, he's tempting because he's one of those guys you can lock him in who'll make cash, and he'll also get you very, very good bench points to yeah. start the season. That's your upside on someone like Braley. So, yeah, he's right in the mix for me at this stage, pending team lists. I mean, if he gets named as the sole hooker at that side, for 160k more, you can get him to instead of Blake Braley, which I know it sounds like a lot of money, but you nailed it. You can also probably lock in 55 to 60 points <clears> rather than Braley, who could get you 30 points. So... Again, just, just one to keep an eye on for the time being. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, that's all for today, guys. Next week on the show, we're, we're looking at getting the champs on, uh, Walson Carlos and Des Creek. Des has been an absolute legend. He's been spending his money from winning last year, travelling around, 
uh, Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Thailand, all over the shop. He's been filing articles since he's been over there. So kudos to him. Great stuff, Des. Really excited to get them on the show and share their thoughts about how to be the champions. I need to take a lot of advice on that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Welcome to any feedback, so please let us know. Uh, You can email us at supercoachplaybook at gmail.com.au. Otherwise, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at scplaybook1. Uh, So, yeah, give us a shout. Thanks, guys.